Hello, and welcome to the Low Tox Life Podcast. I'm Alex Stewart, your host. Today is show 155. I have the wonderful Doctor of Psychology, PhD, Dr. Amy Johnson joining me on the show today. I love Amy and her work. I love the way she goes about helping us navigate things like willpower and discipline and provides a fresh conversation on how to live the kind of life that we feel deeply, deeply proud of. And when things like negative impacting habits um, and issues around willpower and discipline start to creep in, how we can actually build a heightened awareness of our mind, the way it works, deconstruct our thoughts and build a framework for moving beyond those things that don't serve us in life. It's a really, really beautiful conversation about Uh, doing things a little bit differently. So if you're someone who has issues around habits that you know don't serve you, but you still forge on with them, or you've tried every different way to bring willpower by your side and overcome something in your life, then today is absolutely the show for you. And actually, I just think there are so many everyday things that pop up in my mind as I had this conversation with Amy, a couple of which I share on the show and a couple of which she shares as well, uh, that are going to feel really comforting. And I think once we realize we're all humans with these same busy, chatty minds, uh, then we can all work to live our best lives despite the internal chatter that goes on uh, rather than letting it take a hold of us. So I know you're going to enjoy that. Uh, We'll start that chat in just a little minute. We have the wonderful show supporter for September is Walida. So welcome back to the show, Walida. I love this brand so much. I feel so fortunate to be able to share their story and the stories of the few brands that we work with. Uh, someone asked me just the other day, why don't you do heaps more with lots of different brands? Like it makes so much sense for you guys, you know, one of those business chats that people have well-meaningly. And uh, and I said, well, why don't more brands do the right thing? And then I might work with more brands. <laughs> but for now, it's a select few. Walida is very much one of them. And Founded in 1921 by the renegade uh, Rudolf Steiner, such a beautiful company. So they are the world's leading manufacturer in certified natural and organic skincare and anthropo... I always get this word wrong. Anthroposophic. Anthroposophic medicines. There we go. Uh, They have always farmed organically, putting planet before profit, looking at the long-term sustainability benefits their business can deliver to help support people, wildlife, and biodiversity. Uh, Walida was actually most recently voted the most sustainable cosmetics brand by consumers in Germany. Uh, and this finding, this is a finding of the Cosmetics 2019 Sustainability Study, which was compiled by Facet Research. And you can learn more about that in the show notes. I share the link uh, around that so you can see some of the metrics that are used to define what the most sustainable company looks like. Uh, so a huge congratulations to them. They're such champions for people in the earth. And you have 15% off Walida and free shipping for orders over $79.95 for this month. Your code is LOTOXLIFE19. This one is for the Aussies, walida.com.au. Uh, and uh, 
I just want to make mention of something that it excludes, but I think you should look at anyway, which is the Walida B B and B hotel. And it's a way for you to, uh, make bees feel welcome in our world with this gorgeous little bee hotel. Uh, and I think you should get that anyway, even though it's not part of the offer. So just a little shout out for that. Enjoy that discount. Uh, if you want to know what my absolute favorite two products are in the Walida range for somewhere to start, it is by far and away the Walida Rose Smoothing Face Creams, either the day or the night or both. Uh, and the second one is the Rosemary um, Bath Tonic. I just love it. It smells so delicious. It's so invigorating yet calming. Wonderful if you really need to relax at the end of your day, but you have a busy evening ahead. So for me, for example, if I just want to unwind from all the chaos of a busy day, if I've had one, um, but I want to do some writing in the evening, it helps close the chapter, open a new one with that rosemary being so good for focus. I often pop a little extra drop of essential oil on uh, in the diffuser by the be- by the bath. So it's just kind of all around. I love those two products so much. So uh, obviously our family being Frenchies carries around the Arnica pillules. That's just without saying, oh, you've bumped your head. Oh, you've fallen to the ground. Oh, you're feeling a little bit um, uh, inflamed. You know, whatever it is, the Frenchies have always got Arnica as the heart answer for pretty much every medical question. Uh, and so I really love their Arnica as well. So enjoy shopping with your 15% off this month and enjoy this conversation with uh, Amy Jones, uh, PhD in psychology, coach, author. And if you really like this chat, please do go check out Being Human, her book that she wrote back in 2013, and also the little book of Big Change, which she has now turned into a wonderful school online uh, and a lot of change happens there and she personally coaches that. So we've got all the details in the show notes if that's something you're interested in. Uh, otherwise, sit back, pour yourself a coffee, fold some laundry, do whatever's happening, sit on the train on the way to work and enjoy the show. Hello, Amy. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited for this conversation. We've delved into... Uh, shall we say, things like motivation, phobias, across a whole bunch of different topics over the years on the show. Uh, But I think you're uniquely placed to move us forward really, really practically. And we came across your work uh, through Elise, my assistant, who's always kind of, she's like, I think you're really going to like Amy. I started reading your stuff. I'm like, yes, she's perfect. So thank you for being here. And I'd love to start us off by asking asking you what drew you to this work what what started to make you intrigued with with why we were all so not advancing in our lives in the way that we want to often and we're just go go going through the day yes well um yeah it's a it's a great question and it has a lot of layers you know but i think the first thing that just comes to mind and i i talk about this often um is i i remember being a little kid like looking at adults thinking, what's wrong with them? (laughs) 
Like, how come they're so serious and everything is so like tight and tense? And, you know, and I just remember coming in and out of that as a little kid. And like, I, I have little kids now, and I'm sure they look at me sometimes. <laughs> Hopefully, not as much as I used to. But, um, Brush your teeth. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Like, I see that in them once in a while where they're just looking at me like, Mommy, it's not that big a deal. Mm. And I remember living in that place a lot as a kid and just thinking, what is it with these big people? They, they just send a, seem to live in their heads and everything is serious and it's all about bills and money and jobs. And why don't they just relax and lighten up, you know? So, so that's kind of the first thing. And I think that always stuck with me. And then I, I grew up really kind of in a lot of ways looking for an answer to that. Um, at the same time, finding myself dip into that more and more. So I, I was in my teen, teens and early 20s um, and feeling a lot of anxiety, caught up in eating disorders, like just all kinds of stuff. And it was so interesting because it was like I knew better. And, I, you know, I still had that little kid see, like, way of seeing it. Like, I know this is not how life's supposed to be. Yet I'm kind of in this and I don't know how to see out of it. So um, so yeah, so after studying psychology and then just on my own, had a second career studying mental health and self-help and, you know, anything I get my hands on to, to fix myself, um, I really kind of, it feels like it all kind of gelled together in a new way of seeing, you know, how, how our experience works, who we are as people, and it's gotten much easier since mm. the <laughs> yeah, nice. And it yeah. sounds to me like it's another example of letting your mess be your message. You know, you figure some stuff out about yourself and what got you through. And then through your professional uh, work as a psychologist, you're able to then bring that in and help people. It's beautiful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so the first thing that intrigued me when I was preparing for this conversation was that we, what we see isn't the truth. It's filtered through us. What we see isn't the truth, it's filtered through us. Let's dive into that because I think I know what you mean, but I would love to hear from you. Yeah. Well, you know, I think it, it's kind of as simple as saying, hey, you and I can talk, like we can both look at my phone here and say, yeah, that's an iPhone, you know, it's pink, whatever. But we're not having the same experience ever. And that's true all the time for everyone on earth like like we can agree that it's a thing and we can you know but but each one of us if we look a layer beneath that each one of us is really having a really different experience and and what we're seeing in front of us is really coming from within us mm -hmm. meaning there is a phone here as far as we know is a physical thing right but but I mean, we could be so up in our heads that we don't even see the phone. We could, we could be so grateful to be alive and so happy. We could be away from our phone for a week if we're out camping and we finally get reunited and this is the most beautiful thing we've ever seen in our lives. <laughs> we could be so frustrated with this, which we've probably all been, where we want to throw it across the room because it's not working. Like we have moment to moment, our human experience comes from within us and is kind of projected out as opposed to the other way around. So it looks on the face of it sometimes like we have these eyes that see out and then just give us back information about what's out there. But 
it's really the other way around. It's like our mind tells us what we see. We see it, we see it out there because our mind said it first and then it kind of feeds it back. And we could talk about why that matters and the implications of that. But I think that's so exciting to kind of see, oh, what if, what if there's a little illusory nature to our whole experience for all of us always? Like what would that open up for us if our, the way we think things look isn't so solid? Mm, it's so true, isn't it? Because uh, I've done, uh, I was just talking to another psychologist who was on the show a couple of weeks ago, uh, Peter, and she is a tapper. She teaches um, the, the science of tapping and she's a big fan of Joe Dispenza's. We both exchanged notes on the experience of doing his meditations and stuff. And one of the first things that attracted me to his work, and I think it's actually relevant to exactly what you just said, is that we are the construct of our past up to about 95% of our day is the construct of our past by the time we're 35. So it definitely feeds into what you've just said about we're not seeing the thing for what it is. We're seeing the thing for what we know. Yes, exactly. Mm. It makes you think, you know, gosh, if, if that's true, I mean, it's just so our mind is so full. And again, we're living from that place and there's so much that we know and remember that we kind of carry around that no wonder when people say, oh, I feel like I'm stuck in a rut. My life is just always the same. It's like, well, no, just your head is always the same. <laughs> you're thinking yes, always- that is so key, isn't it? it? It's not your life that's always the same. It's your head that's always the same. So good. I mean, that's, that's a pretty good aha to have just gotten <laughs> the first five minutes of our chat. We can just finish up right here. No, I'm kidding. Um, so is that why I see a huntsman spider? My truth is it's a little eight-legged, quick-as-a-flash man-eater who's out to get me, but that's not the actual truth. It's what I know to be the truth for me. Yeah, I mean, your whole emotional reaction to that is totally down to your memory and your opinions, right? Which are just yours, your, Mm -hmm. like all that stored stuff. I mean, you look at like a two-year-old or a one-year-old come across a spider and it's this cool, fun thing that they want to pick up and play with, you know, look at a 40-year-old and they're like running and screaming. So, Yeah. 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 Wow. So interesting. So how does this apply to something like when we look in the mirror and we see a bump or some cellulite? I mean, truth is it's there, right? But are we like, it's so much bigger and more harmful than just seeing it because we let our mind then construct something around what that represents. Is that why so many of us are body shamed? I mean, you've had a a eating disorder, so maybe you can really speak from experience on something like that. Yeah, I think um, what I think is really fascinating is to kind of just assume, I, I see it this way, but we don't have to, but let's just play with the idea that everything is neutral. Yeah, okay. In of itself. Now, mm-hmm. we go through life and we don't feel neutral most of the time, right? About mm-hmm. most things. We have opinions and reactions to everything. But let's say in and of itself, I mean, what is cellulite, right? It's some bumps in your skin. Like it, there's, there's no good, bad or otherwise to it. It's just, it is what it is. It's just the thing. Same with the, you know, the amount of money in your bank account or your relationship status or like any of that stuff. Yeah. It's, it's just, it just is. But then to see like, oh, but I'm not going to experience it that way a lot of the time. And that's okay. That just means I'm a human being with a mind that makes stuff up and remembers old things and connects dots that shouldn't really be connected. I mean that, you know, that that's just what a mind does, but yeah, it doesn't mean it's not useful connections. Right. Yeah. 
And I just, like, the more we see about how that works, how our mind, every single mind on earth works the same way. Now, mine might react to cellulite or this or that differently than yours. It will. But, but the process beyond that, if we get past the content, do you like it, not like it, it's like, oh, your mind's creating a story too. Isn't that cool? So is mine. So we're living in these made-up stories, everyone, thinking it's like life doing that or cellulite doing that. And it isn't. And it's just, it's amazing to see kind of what that opens up when you really feel into that, how fabricated it all is. And so when you work with clients, what does it open up? What do you see happen when people have the realization that it's the construct that they're building around something that's creating a negative or positive association and how we can get stuck because of those constructs? Yeah. Uh, I mean, so many things and it's different all the time for everyone, but, but it's like all of our suffering comes from, I think we can say this. I think this is true that pretty much all human suffering comes from an idea in our mind that looks solid that we don't like. Mm. You know, this shouldn't have happened. So even, you know, someone dies, sure, there's grief and there's all kinds of natural human stuff that happens. But but it's like the prolonged suffering, the icky, painful, dirty stuff that feels like it lingers forever. Somewhere in there we're saying, not fair, shouldn't have happened, shouldn't be this way. And and so if we can start to see that, no, that's a mind saying that. Our mind is say is coming up with rules for how life should have gone. And sticking to them as if they're real, because that's the reality we live in. They look real to us. And that creates all that suffering. So as we start to kind of see, wait a minute, every time I'm tight or things aren't going my way or I am suffering or I'm up in my head or whatever, that's just my mind thinking the story's so solid, but it isn't. Then we automatically, there's like this this kind of lightning that happens, this bit of, you know, like, oh, okay, so... Things look horrible, but maybe they're not as they appear. And a way, a way we talk about it a lot, like in my school and stuff, is like it's almost like the boundaries around our experience start to get a little fuzzy. Mm. You know, rather than it being this solid, stable fact, it's almost like, okay, now it's kind of a hologram. Like it still looks really real, but I'm not totally buying it. And that, and again, that's just like one little step. But as we even just take that one little step and, and lighten up and loosen up around the things that we're thinking are so real then we see more and more like that. And then, yeah, the things that happen are like, wow, I had this resentment for 30 years and I see that my mind made it up or I was caught up in this habit because I was holding on to all the stuff that looked real. And now I see that that's fuzzy and not as real as it looked and now the habit falls away. So it's almost like, you know, I do this with my hands a lot, but it's almost like everything just opens and kind of releases as we see, as we see this more. Mm. I feel like we need your beautiful school to, um, to help ideologists, <laughs> to help yeah. all the extreme black and white thinkers of the world just go through it and go, it's not as it seems, you know, yeah. there's, there's a lot of powerful things at play that help us construct things. I mean, you know, I, I'm looking at the way the world is at the moment uh, and I, I see, having studied European political science and really studied the first half of the 20th century, written dissertations after dissertations at uni, I see propaganda at work again, really powerfully in the world. And, and it fascinates me how easily we can just start buying into the constructs of, you know, oh no, but this is how the world should be. And we just start getting so firm instead of 
flexible all of a sudden and it, it, flexibility feels much safer a place to play than firmness when it comes to um, the construct, right? Totally. And I think that's a great example because it's like we, we have so much wisdom pouring through us and our ideas are amazing. Even the really extreme ones, there's value mm. in that, right? I think that's the expression of, of this wisdom that, that comes through all of us. But it is, it's exactly what you said. It's when we put a stake in the ground and say, this is the way it should be, that's when we're going to start suffering. That's when our mind closes and we cannot see anything else. And it's like, we're just cut off at that point. So to let all those ideas be out there, but with no one taking them quite so seriously would be an amazing thing. Mm, then we'd actually talk to each other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Crazy idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, it makes me think of so many different examples now that you've shared that to start with, because I think of the issues we have around different dietary dogma and, you know, should you be vegan? Should you be paleo? Should you be keto? Should you be this? And so many people believe again, that hard, crusty feeling of very inflexible that there is only one way or the highway. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's an Australian expression, but there you go. Um, <laughs> And, uh, and I feel like, so how do we, how do we best approach inflexible thinkers? There's a question for you when we have to, cause we have family members who are inflexible on issues. We have maybe a school teacher or, you know, maybe a fellow parent on the PNC committee who's really inflexible. How do we actually dialogue with inflexible thinkers when we know they're in our midst? Yeah, it is a good question. Um, I mean, I'll tell you personally what I do. Yeah, <laughs> so please, kind of go for like, it. Like, wow. It, like, in a way, like, wow, that's really hard for them. Mm. You know what I mean? Because, because the thing, like, we all get righteous about certain things, and it happens time, yeah. right? But, but it also, it's like, you just even in that word rigid or inflexible, that's how we start to feel. It's like our whole body and mind feel like that, and it doesn't feel good. Mm. So it's hard because a lot of times those are the people that are slamming their fists on the table saying, I'm right. And you guys are crazy. And you know, but you know, that's like, wow, I feel so bad for that person in a sense. Cause I know what that feels like too, in my own way, we all do. So I don't know. It's almost like, okay, well I have, I can have compassion for how things look for that person. And probably the last thing we're going to do is go in and change their mind mm. because their mind is set in stone in their own heads. Not that it won't change, but we aren't likely to change it. So, so that kind of puts us in a place of like, okay, well, how can I be fluid and flexible even, even around their thinking? Like they're mm -hmm. going to see it how they see it, but let me just stay in my own fluidity, you know, and let things yeah. move to me. Yeah, interesting. So you can acknowledge how they're feeling and seeing a problem, but still honor the fact that you have a different opinion. Yeah. And it yeah. reminds me of, um, even just as I say this, um, you know, it's like the movements, uh, like all the nonviolence movements out there that have been so powerful where people refuse to fight back. They refuse to, to meet rigidity with more rigidity. And they mm. said, I'm going to stay here and just, you know, fine, you see it your way, but this is how, um, this is where I am. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, I think that can be really helpful for all of us navigating the modern world that we're living in at the moment. Um, I think it's useful also to think about this in terms of 
ourselves. I, I thank you for letting me tangent there and talk about how when we see inflexibility in front of us, but truth is we've built up a lot of stories in ourselves and they're not serving us. Whether someone listening right now is still feeling resentment for a breakup from 10 years ago or whether they hate themselves because they would like to be 10 kilos lighter, you know, whatever it is, um, there are things that we're continuing to uh, recycle in our minds that aren't serving us. So why do we keep doing this? Because part of it's quite conscious. Like we're choosing to continue to think these things that aren't serving us. What is it about humans that why do we do that to ourselves? Yeah, no, it's a great question. Um, <laughs> part of it is quite conscious, but I think it's kind of back to what we, we were talking about earlier, where it's like when it looks solid, I think everything we do, we're doing the best we can see to do in order to feel better. Mm. So, and feel better is not even a great way of saying it, but in order to just feel like at home in our lives, right? Like feel oh, like. Yeah. Oh. And for some people that might be downing three packets of cheesy puffs. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, so what we, what we're doing is not always the best, but from the thinking we're in, we're doing the absolute best we can reach for or see in that very moment. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think sometimes, you know, our minds just go to, I can't believe, I can't believe this happened. What, you know, like churning on something like that. And part of us totally knows better and we can see that it's hurting us as we're doing it. But there's some, some kind of misunderstanding in there or just some part of us that feels like, maybe I'll get to the bottom of it if I think about it enough or if I, or if I let go of this, they're right or whatever crazy stuff we make up, right? <laughs> yeah. It's not even conscious all the time. It's like we just make up these crazy theories and so we keep going. But what I love about this question is like what's beneath all that is anytime we don't feel at home, at peace, let's say, just at peace within ourselves and our bodies in the moment. Now, that's a lot for a lot of people, right? We don't live at peace all the time and that's totally okay. But anytime we're not there, what we can see is like, oh, my mind has kind of grabbed onto a concept, an idea or a thought and turned it into a thing. You know, it's a story or it's a memory or it's a thought or a grievance or whatever it might be, an obsession. And it looks real and feels real. And that's what feels tight and hard, you know, with, and so it's so it's so simple, but it's so beautiful to kind of see that because now we can just say, hey, I feel like crap all of a sudden. Oh, I'm believing something that can't be true. I have to be believing, like I'm making a thought into a thing right now. And we don't even have to talk ourselves out of it or know what it is. Just by kind of seeing that that's happening, we get to kind of relax into it a little bit. Yeah, nice. I love that explanation. That's great. And so further to the knowledge often that things aren't serving us, discipline and willpower, why are these not effective tools for change in our lives? Why, why are they not serving us? Sorry, it cut out for a little bit. So oh, no, that's okay. I'll ask, I'll ask the question again and I'll get, um, I'll get Stevie to cut it. So um, further to talking about the, the aspect of ourselves that acknowledges something is not so great for us, not serving us. Why do discipline and willpower then not come in and save the day for us? Why do they fundamentally not work most of the time? Yeah. 
Well, I think because what willpower and discipline are, are kind of us using our minds, if we can say it that way, to kind of try to make things different, right? To think differently, to, to see things in a different way, to act in a different way than what's kind of wanting to happen through us. But, but even that, willpower and discipline and the knowing and all that, that's still kind of conceptual too. So it's like, that's our, that's our intellect saying, no, you're not the kind of person who does that, or you're not going to do that today, or we're, we're not falling for that. So it's, it's still a bit of rigidity. It's kind of this rigid, these thoughts and this, this, you know, emotion coming up that wants to sort of fight, you know, that's going to, going to call the shots. And, and then it's calling the shots on more thought. Does that make sense? So it's like, if your mind is saying, you know, um, oh, I really want that ice cream, really want that ice cream, really want that ice cream. Now that's your mind, that's thought coming through us, kind of obsessed with that. And then we're calling on the same thing, also your mind, to fight the ice cream thought. <laughs> so it, could be like, it gets to be such a mess in there. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to think this thought's better than that thought. And then so do you it, get decision fatigue and then you just eat the damn ice cream? Exactly. Is that what ends up happening? Exactly. Then you're exhausted. Now your mind's fighting your mind and that's a mess. And so you're like, forget. And that's exactly when you want the ice cream because yeah. now you're exhausted and frustrated. Well, eating the ice cream literally makes the whole argument in your mind go away. It's like, I had the ice cream and now we can just move on. Yes. So I think that's, exa- that's exactly it. So it's like, you see how we get in this cycle. Yeah. Fight our habits and fight ourselves really so much. And that actually brings puts us in a place to where our habits want to come out even more to help us feel better. Yes, absolutely. So, okay. So let's talk solutions then. How do we fix this? What, what, where do we start by, um, where do we start to stop making our mind play this tennis match in, in there and actually just have the umpire come in and call the shots instead? (laughs) Well, that's a great metaphor because yeah, it's like, seeing so I, I I point people toward just seeing how our mind works seeing that our mind is this kind of problem creator you know and it's not even a problem but our mind thinks all these thoughts and then thinks they're real and solid and has this whole thing going on over here and then our mind is the problem solver and then it's going to come in and say I can't believe you think that no we're going to think this instead so exactly like you said it's like different players on the same field playing the same game going at it and so what we want to start to see solution wise is like oh that's what a mind does what you know every mind is habitual thank god because it, it's ha- one of its habits is keeping us alive keeping our heart beating and our lungs breathing and all that so minds are just appliances in our heads brains are just appliances in our heads and they're very habitual and they say stuff on repeat all the time. And then they come in and try to fight what they're saying on repeat all the time. And we are not any of that. So we are bigger than that. We're the ones who can sit here and have a conversation about it and laugh at it. And even within each of us, we, we can kind of notice I'm not saying, you know, do it as a tool and be the observer, but we can do that. I mean, we have, we are not our thinking, right? So, so as we kind of see more like, oh, that's just what my mind does. And if I don't get in there and fight with it, it'll stop. 
it'll actually stop all by itself. I don't have to tackle it to the ground and beat up that ice cream thought. If I, if I remove my attention, my mind's going to go somewhere else, right? Mm. So we kind of see that that's part of how it works too. And then it becomes, again, more of this thing of like letting go and, and letting our thoughts just be fluid and move through us rather than being so rigid with them and trying to make the right ones act the way we want them to. Mm. And then in terms of doing that, are there any specific techniques that we can employ to do that? Um, I don't, I mean, I think people come up with their own techniques and I suppose and things that help, but what I really do like with my students and stuff and in my work is just have a series of conversations to really help them have insights. So mm-hmm. to help them have these aha moments that are personal and deep for them where they see, oh, that's what's been happening, you know, because once we really see it in that insightful way, again, we don't even have to bring in a technique necessarily. We might if something occurs to us, but there isn't, you know, I don't know that there's a technique that works perfectly for everyone, but it's more about just seeing how it works and then seeing, wow, it's not as powerful and scary and all of that as I've thought it was then it's the whole thing relaxes. Mm, Amazing. And can I ask you a personal question? Yeah. When can you remember in the last, let's call it the last couple of weeks, did you start having a tennis match in your mind and diffuse it? Like, have you had something happen to you recently where you've gone, oh, that's interesting that I'm thinking that and trying to counteract it. I'm actually just going to step away from the whole thing. All the time. Um, and, and at this point too, like it, it tends to sort of diffuse itself relatively quickly, which is mm, nice. Yeah. After a while, well, I would imagine you would just refine and refine and get better at just the let go. Yeah, just the, exactly. Like the, the tight feeling mm. really quickly starts to show me, oh yeah, I'm not going there. But, um, but to answer your question, last weekend I did a workshop, like a live workshop for a hundred people. And it was funny because I, and I told them this is part of what we were talking about in sharing this. I'm like, what's so funny is I'm going to walk out of here. This was on the first night. I'm going to walk out of here most likely, go to my hotel, and then my mind's going to start thinking of a million things I didn't say or an example that would have been better. And, and I'm, you know, it's not even like a problem anymore. It's just funny. It's mm. like, yep. I've done this enough that I know that that's what a mind does. That's what my mind does anyway. And so I'm not going to, I'm not going to pep it up, you know, try to be the cheerleader on the other side and say, no, you did great. It was fine. Like that doesn't make any sense. And it just keeps a spotlight on it. What I'm going to see is like, oh yeah, that's what my mind does. Every time I give a talk next, moving on, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, nice. so, yeah. And so you kind of start does that, I hope that makes it concrete. You start to kind of see that around it more and Yeah, more. absolutely. You're basically saying that you start to get to know your mind's um, responses based on, you know, past triggers of whatever, you know, personal, um, personal experience. And then uh, you just acknowledge it and don't buy into it. You go, oh, there's my mind doing its thing again. I'm not buying it. Yes. Because if my mind, you know, and people will ask sometimes, well, what if, what if your mind's giving you really valuable feedback? And it does sometimes, right? We get stuff that's helpful. Like maybe I really could have done something better and that's good to know. Mm. Totally different feeling. I mean, I have that too, right? So So how do we, how do we then like, because 
yeah, our mind might like flag, whoa, you were way too boastful there. Like things that are useful, just as you said, like there was no humility in the way that you brought that across. So those are good challenges to have. So how do we decipher? Is it a, is it a physical feeling that's different, do you think? I think it's probably a little different for everyone, but it does feel different. Like for, for me, for, I think the, the habitual stuff is very habitual. It's very repetitive. It's usually kind of unkind. It's, you know what I mean? It's like, Oh my God, I can't like, that's on my mind. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you said it that way. Or, you know, it's like, it has that. Spin yeah, it. gotcha. It's judgy. Yes. Yeah. And it's familiar. Yeah. It's familiar. It's not unique, which tells me again, it's not about this talk I just gave. It's not unique to the moment. It's not fresh. That's the great insight. Yes. Mm. It's not fresh. It's, it's canned and familiar and it's like you put yourself out there and who do you think you are? It has that whole old thing to it. And so it gets kind of easier to recognize in that way. Now there are other things. Yeah. That were like, Oh, you know, maybe you could have reflected on that question more. And that just comes across different. It's not like you're an idiot for doing it the way you did it. It's not. And it is fresh. It's like, Oh yeah. When that woman said that notice, you know, it's kind of specific. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's great. And, uh, and so I'm sort of intrigued as to, cause I know you have a fantastic online course and, uh, and a couple of the girls on my team are going to be, uh, doing it. Um, it's, it's obviously not as simple as just noticing what's going on in our mind. Otherwise you wouldn't need to write a whole big course on it. So can yeah. you just share a little bit about, um, what you cover in that course and how, how the steps unfold for people um, when they go through it. Yeah. So the course is um, primarily for people who have been kind of trying to make something happen, you know, mostly trying to break themselves of some habit or free themselves of some anxiety or some stuckness in some area of life. And they've been doing it that outside in way. So they've been like willpowering, disciplining, you know, strategies, but without really deeply seeing things differently. So, so where we go is the opposite way. It's very like inside out, you might say, or from like the bottom up. So we're looking at, wow, how, first of all, how does this mind work? Like we've been talking about here. Isn't it crazy? All seven and a half billion minds on earth work the same way. They all say a lot of the same stuff. You know, it's very, so we get a real good feel for what that mind is. And then we start, then people start to like really be on to it and be like, oh, I'm not duped by that anymore. And then it gets really good because we start to like open up to what's there beyond our mind. Mm -hmm. So it isn't about changing the psychology. It's about seeing, yeah, minds do that stuff. But, but when you're not focused on that and trying to change it, then what's there? And that's where it's like, oh my gosh, I had this amazing idea or I was reaching for the vodka or cupcake or whatever. And then I saw, oh, you don't have to do this. Or, you know, whatever it might be. Or I saw that my mind goes here and when I yell at my kids and then I realized, oh, that's old or, you know, whatever. Like we have insights that are personal. So it's hard to say what they are because they're personal. But beyond all that thinking, we kind of come into this space where it's just full of information and common sense and, stuff that's really helpful for us. And so like we were saying early on, people come in and it looks like 
for the most part, even though we sort of intellectually know better, it still looks like a lot of what runs through our head is the truth. And it's about life out there. And in a really beautiful way, like that starts to just kind of get fuzzy and loosen up a lot. And then, you know, people are just finding all kinds of change happening because we're not fighting anymore. And do people have access to you through a private group or is it done online um, and you've pre-recorded everything? Well, there's a, there's a, um, a library of like pre-recorded lessons that walk you through it. It's very like kind of curated to walk people through mm. how our minds work and all of that and what's beyond our mind. Um, but then I'm in there guiding people through it. So twice awesome. a week we have 90 minute calls. So there's oh, a wow. lot. That's generous. Yeah. That's incredible. It's fun. Mm. I love it. Yeah, of course. Because then, so do people then get the opportunity to see what's going on for other people and how success is starting to play out? That's great. Yeah. I think that's the best part of it. Honestly, it's nothing I say. It's, it's the community that comes together and where people are seeing like they're learning from each other's insights. You know, Mm. they're seeing people have the same issue or a similar issue to what they came in for. And they're seeing that person next to them kind of like see through it and wake up and, so helpful. Yeah, amazing. So anyone who's stuck out there, it is going to be a fantastic opportunity and we've got all the details in the show notes. Um, I'd love for us to finish by issuing a little bit of an action plan for anyone listening today and uh, just kind of like almost like a little bit of a seven-day awareness challenge that we could take ourselves on for the next week. Cool. Yeah. So, um, you know, my favorite question is like, what if, I just love to have this out. Like, what if the way things look in our heads, all of our problems that seem so real and solid, all of our habits and suffering and all of that, what if that's all our mind? hundred percent. And I know a lot of people know that it is, but what if it's like moment to moment thought moving through us? And that thought that moves through us and comes to life and looks so real and solid, it keeps on moving by nature. So, so a great kind of awareness challenge. I mean, one thing around that is like seeing, looking in your own life and seeing just how often your own mind changes completely on its own. So not when you go in and try to change it, no willpower, no, no intervention, but just notice like, Hey, I'm sitting here working and now suddenly I'm distracted and thinking about dinner or thinking about this or that, or, you know, it's all the time. Our minds moving around, changing all by itself. And, and the more we see that again, that's a huge thing in helping us kind of not take it so seriously and rigidly because sometimes it changes from one extreme to the next. And it's like nothing in life changed. Like you're sitting in the same spot, nothing's different, but your whole experience is different because your mind changed on its own. So, um, so I don't know. I think that's a great way to kind of start to get a sense of just like the fluidity of our experience and how it isn't, it isn't as serious as it feels. Mm, what a great challenge. I love that. Thank you. And, uh, and I'd love to ask you also, you're a business owner, you're a mom, uh, you do, your work is about helping others. So you're a giver in, by trade. How do you achieve a sense of um, filling your cup up? What does that look like for you to stay able to give so much to other people? So um, 
Yeah, I'm a morning person and I love getting up super early when no one else is up yet, which makes it easy to focus on me because <laughs> no one's Yeah, exactly. It's yet. the practicality of it. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, and I do yoga every six days a week and I just love like the silence around that on the way to yoga, on the way home. It's just my practice and my silence and um, just, yeah, just being in that nothingness, even though it's, you know, maybe for like an hour and a half total is amazing and the reason I sighed is because um you know it's like an hour and a half of beautiful silence in the morning and then all hell breaks loose and I love it and yeah. you know you probably do too like I love it we wouldn't be doing this if we no, didn't do what we not. did yeah um and sometimes it just makes you stop and chuckle like man wow, like I love this, but oh my gosh, I can't wait till 5.30 tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah. Well, you need both, right? You need one because it fulfills a sense of purpose in your work and your family life. And you need the other one so that you can actually bring your best to the work and the family life. That's how, that's how it goes. And I think that's what a lot of uh, working parents, parents with lots of kids, you know, everyone who's super busy struggles even people without kids you know the busy modern life is a new construct in and of itself that we need to make sure we navigate in a more responsible way towards ourselves and I think that's going to help us um, become tougher in in the uh, in the face of what our mind throws at us during the day too yeah Thank you so much for this beautiful conversation, these excellent tips. I really feel like I got some great ahas. And, uh, and where, where can we find you and uh, your course online? I mean, we've got all the details in the show notes, but I would love to hear it from you just to finish off. Yeah, my website is dramyjohnson.com, which is dramyjohnson.com. And there you can find links to the school. It's called The Little School of Big Change, um, to my podcast and all kinds of great stuff. Awesome. Thank you so much, Amy. Yes, thank you. It was great talking with you. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoy having these conversations and bringing them to you. Now, where can you find me and Lotox Life from here on in? Well, you've obviously got lotoxlife.com and there we have everything beautifully organized into food, home, body and mind topics as well as kids and a whole bunch of free downloadables and resources to help you, inspire you to take community action and there's amazing A to Z recipes there if you're ever getting a little bit stale in the kitchen and a whole bunch of articles that I've written. You can also find me on Instagram at Lotox Life and also on Facebook by a page the same name. I make everything super easy, Lotox Life, so you can find it really, really simply. Thank you so much to everybody who leaves a five-star review over on Stitcher or iTunes or wherever it is that you tune into the show. And also to let you know that you can join us on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Lotox Life and come join the private Lotox Life Club. In there, over time, more and more cool stuff is about to be added. It's a place where we can continue the conversations, chat about the weekly show, you're going to get bonus Q&A and all sorts of things over time. I explain everything over on Patreon, so I encourage you to check that out. And in the meantime, I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.